This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. my feline friends, both two and four-legged. This is Michelle Fern, your host for Catitude. Okay, this is kind of a unique show because there's only one in the world. Don't move, don't pounce. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I would love to introduce my guest today. She is, well, I'm going to let her tell you about her specialness because she's uh, (laughs) one of a kind. This is author and cat expert all around, but we'll define more of that. Anita Kelsey, welcome so much. Oh, thank you very much, Michelle. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm delighted to have you and everyone listening. Yes, Pet Life Radio reaches across the pond, as they say. So you're in, you're in the UK where it's quite late. So thank you for uh, your diligence and patience with the time difference. I loved your book, Claws. I thought it was really interesting. A, a lot of a funny, interesting, and a lot of, oh my gosh, I can't believe she does this um, kind of thing. But you are the only cat groomer with a degree in cat behavior in the UK. That's correct, yes. I studied uh, cat behaviour for five years. So um, I studied for two years with Roger Tabor, who is a cat biologist and behaviourist. And then I went on to Middlesex University. Um, But what I did differently was I presented my work practice to the university. So I did a work-based degree. And so that's why it's the first um, first one of its kind in the UK, because most people just do like an animal psychology course. But I actually um, presented my cat behaviour practice to the university. So I did the um, work around my practice and got a first. So very pleased with that. Well, I think a work-based degree makes more sense because you're doing it rather than maybe investigating or researching it would be a better word. Yeah, I mean, you have to do research. So they have a um, lots of people do work-based practices because um, when I was doing the work-based, there was lots of nurses, there was policemen, there was some dog handlers as well. So we we were all working within um, a framework, but presenting our own cases and our own research um, to do with our own practices. So it was very 
very, very interesting and very intense as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. And then reading Claws, which it's the title for everyone, it's Claws, Confessions of a Professional Cat Groomer. There's, <laughs> there's about, I have some favorites listed, but there's about, what, a dozen cats? Mm-hmm. I didn't count them all. I think there's um, it's 20 stories. Um, oh, 20. Yeah, so t- okay. Uh, t- uh, yeah, 20 cats, yeah. Well, okay, and I was looking this up. This might be a UK term. What is a mog? Oh, yeah. Um, some of my American friends said that uh, USA wouldn't know what mog meant. But, um, so it's just a term for just like a common domestic cat over here. So everybody just calls them mogs or moggies. So um, I realized that nobody over there would know what mog meant. <laughs> Well, when I looked yeah. it up in the internet, it's for Mog. It showed pictures of a cat, like um, an illustrated picture. So I was oh, right. thinking, okay. okay, maybe there's a like a Mog caricature cat or cartoon cat, and it's popular in the UK, but I don't know about it. So no, but. no, it's just your um typical um domestic cat. So it's not a breeded cat. It's just a uh, typical domestic cat. Right, we don't have a word for that here, so we should oh, okay. start using "mog." I'm going to bring it out there. I'm going to I'm going to oh. bring it to the U.S. But in the book, you know, you describe some of your. I'm sure they're more extreme situations. Some of them, yeah. which especially after reading, I think it was one of the first. I thought, oh my gosh, how does she do this? And besides the story and the gorgeous pictures, there's also tips after every small story about each different cat that gives them practical, you know, and important advice why that, you know, which I think is good too. What are some of your favorites? Oh, you mean the, um, you mean the the stories? Yeah, the Um, 20. Oh, so I think Star has to be mentioned. Star was my very first, because Star's quite aggressive. Um, Star hates being groomed. And two years later, I'm still grooming Star and she's still attacking me. And so, um, but Star was my very first cat that I issued an ASBO to. So um, I don't think you're familiar with the term ASBO. It's A-S-B-O. But in the UK, ASBO means an antisocial behavior order. Um, so somebody who's a nuisance in society or some children that are, that are nuisances, um, people go to court and the, the, um, the person is issued with an ASBO. And so um, I started to issue my cats with ASBOs and so they get sent them in the post just as a joke really and the clients think it's very funny and they've started framing them. So Star was my very first one I gave an ASBO to. So an ASBO is sort of a warning to how does that work? Well, it's um, an ASBO, um, really, uh, an official ASBO is issued in the courts to people that are, an, that are a nuisance in society. So an ASBO is issued to people that are a nuisance, and you can issue one to a cat too? No, no, no. Um, oh. you, no, you're, <laughs> you're not meant to issue them to cats, but I found some fake ones online, just some fake ASBOs, and so I, um, I adapted them to become a joke, so I send them to my cat clients. So it's not official, it's just a joke, really, between us. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that when you groom, and okay, so you are a professional groomer, and you're also a cat behaviorist. And yes. I, from reading your book, the two together make a lot of sense because if you understand the cat's behavior, there's a lot better success with the groom, especially since you are most likely called for more difficult grooming because if it's not too difficult, the owner could probably do it themselves if it's just a brushing or something, but you do the bathing and everything and you come to armed with what, with, uh, I guess artillery in a sense. <laughs> what do you, from my reading, you know, what do you use? 
So I use um, leather dog handling gloves with some of the worst cats. So I'm a very strong advocate for holistic grooming. So I go to the grooming in a totally different way to a lot of cat groomers because I believe that the best thing you should come with is empathy and try and understand how the cat is viewing the groom. So um, rather than coming in quite firm and, and being quite rough and thinking to myself, well, I've been paid for this groom and so I'm going to get this job done no matter what, I come into the room and try and work with the cat and try and understand why the cat is is um, frightened of me and try and work with the cat so if the cat wants to move around on my table that's fine I never scruff I never use face hoods face muzzles or anything like that so I try and arm myself so the cat can act quite naturally with me and then I'm having empathy with it and I think it's far better for the cat to try and have a positive association rather than a negative one and that was one of the questions I was going to ask you about yeah you know a whole holistic rumor. I realize a regular one, they just do what they have to do and don't try to understand their behaviors. And I'm thinking, I have three cats on my crew, only Dennis, and he's Maine Coon or part Maine Coon. He's like right. a dog, so he doesn't count for being groomed because he's easy. He's only hissed like once in his life and he's eight. Right. <laughs> so, you know, but you've dealt with some major, how was it dealing with Tilly Tutus? I love that. The diva. <laughs> so I also base my grooms on educating the client. So with some of the worst cats, the best thing I can do is actually remove myself from the situation and teach the owners how to do it because the cat's afraid of me as well. And so I am very much for educating the client and then giving them a plan of action to move into the future. So I'm not adverse to removing myself out of the situation because a, a client can work with their cat for five minutes at a time, whereas a groom um, the cat's on the table for over an hour and it's just too long for some of these cats. So for the worst cat, for the cats that really have a problem with grooming, the way forward for me is educating the client and then they can work five minutes at a time with the cat and, and then stop and, it, and with a positive associations. So it very much is, um, is very different. Um, and also, um, while I'm talking about holistic grooming, I'd really like to shout out to the Holistic Groomers Alliance, which is US-based because we don't have um, an organization like this in the UK. Have you heard of this group? I have not. Right. So um, it's called the Holistic Groomers Alliance and they're based in the US. And so I met them online on a forum on Facebook and they're run by Cheryl Wood and Stacey Ward. And they're all about trying to educate groomers to work very holistically with cats. So I've learned a lot from this group and they really are fantastic. And they've got holistic groomers from all over the US trying to um, kind of educate groomers to work in a much more of an empathetic way with the cat. So I think they're worth a shout out. Oh, definitely. And, you know, yeah. hearing <laughs> Anita describe holistic grooming, it seems like, you know, I'm thinking about what you're saying and I'm thinking about because the two other cats on my crew, uh, Molly and Charlotte, they're more like regular cats. They're not Maine yes. Coon. They're more, they're like, they're cats. And yes. Molly lets me know when Charlotte's, she's a rescue, but at four months, so she wasn't held a lot. So she's nervous and runs away. But Molly was held from like when she was actually saved her from drowning when she was a few days old with her oh. other, with her siblings. So she's been held and she has a different reaction, but she'll let you know, you know, after reading your book and 
paying attention to what you said about a holistic approach, understanding behavior, they'll let you know. She'll do this. She doesn't meow normally. It's like, meow, meow. It's, it's a weird meow. Yeah. And she'll tell you, hey, leave me alone. Now. <laughs> you know, you, you can read those <laughs> signals where I don't know if there's holistic grooming for dogs. There probably is. But I, I think dogs are a different kind of approach. They're usually not as sophisticated in their temper for lack of a better way to say that, you know, and it's different bathing a dog than bathing a cat. Yeah. I very rarely bathe cats. I would like to say that because most of them don't need to be bathed. So, um, I mean, I will bathe the cat if the cat's got very, very oily skin and so the fur mats easily or it's got really bad dandruff. But about eight times out of 10, I advise the, the client that this cat really doesn't need to be bathed because it's bad enough for a lot of cats being on my table for an hour being groomed. And they're going to get stressed by the end of that. And the, the last thing I want to do is then bath them and make them even more stressed because they just don't need it. And I know in America, um, it's kind of quite standard to bath cats, but I want to try and re-educate some people over here. The, the ones that um, the American owners that come from over here, and even one I saw today from Dubai, they come over and it's very standard for them to think that every cat should be bathed. And so I try and say to them, well, no, that's not correct. Not every cat needs to be bathed and not every cat will, will want to be bathed. They haven't got the temperament for it. So just it's just about education, really. And cats are, they're not as well to be about because they clean themselves and they want their smell on their body. Exactly. So when you bath a cat, it spends the next hour just trying to get all that gunk, um, lick all the gunk off of them that you've put on them um, to put their own scent back on them. So it, it really is a case by case basis. But um, I think many, many cats really don't need to be bathed. And so I don't do it. That's great information. You know, I'm new to cat ownership. I, I've only had cats for eight years, whereas I've had dogs for like over a couple decades. I won't reveal my age, but maybe a few more than a few decades. So I'm a little bit more familiar with dogs, but I'm, I've learned so much having cats, except, yes. you know, Dennis is part Maine Coon. So he's, someone said they're like the dog of cats because their temperament is so even. They're not like a regular cat is what I've been told. Right. But I haven't heard of a lot, although recently I happened to be in a pet store and somebody was asking about cat shampoo and telling her friend to look for it. And I said, you know, you have to use shampoo made especially for cats. You can't just use anything. And then I know that you like John Paul shampoo for cats so I told her to look for that one but there's also you know wipes for cats as well and I know earth bath makes them if your cat maybe gets into something Molly once got into some house paint so (laughs) we we didn't bathe her though but it's like you said it's very traumatic for the cat to get bathed yeah, I mean, it really is on a cat-by-cat basis because some cats are used to it from kittens where the breeder's been bathing them, so they kind of don't think anything of it. And then some people want me, um, or they, they just expect a groomer to be able to come round and the cat has never been groomed before, never been bathed, and they just expect you to come in and bath the cat. And it's just ridiculous because the cat is just going to go ballistic. Um, but some groomers will go ahead and do that because they've been paid to do a job and they see it as not letting the cat get the better of them and I just work in a totally different way I'm on the cat side (laughs) so um, even if a client has told me that this is what they want that's not always what they're going to get from me I like that (laughs) because I like that you know and 
Well, that's definitely true. Reading your book and listening to the stories, very interesting, you know. And I think the one that was the most touching, and I, I was felt so that you had lucky that was in the tube station, which we call here a subway, probably. Yes. Same thing. Yes. And wow, so that, that, I mean, lucky was lost for three days. And yes. I saw the picture covered with like oily grease and mess and. Oh, and that she found him was a miracle in itself. It was a miracle. I, I can't, that story still um, really makes my heart go quite fast because I can't imagine how she must have felt on the, um, it was rush hour and um, it was Oxford Circus, which is the busiest um, underground station. And the cat just, I don't know how this happened, but the cat just managed to get out of the carrier. And all she saw was the cat just was terrified because um, it's not used to so many people. It's actually not used to going out. So it was just terrified. And she just saw the cat just run right through people's legs and then just jump down onto the um, train track. So I can't imagine how that must have felt. And then she just saw the cat just run through the tunnel and that was it for three days so it was an amazing story it is amazing it's amazing that lucky survived and yes and that it was what a message it was an online message and it became kind of went viral is how the someone yes. yeah so she um she uh, the hashtag was oh i'm just trying to think now i think it was find lucky or, or something like that the hashtag and it completely blew up on the internet but it was actually so london underground they don't normally let people go down on the tracks for obvious reasons but they actually shut a part of the train track so that she could go down there at night and start calling for her cat and um and it was one of the underground workers that found the cat just um chewing on a mouse so even then it managed to survive it was absolutely terrifying just hunkered in the corner but it was eating it was eating a mouse and then they called the RSPCA and they went down there and managed to catch it in a cage and um and then she called me up to bath lucky the next day and it was when I sat next to lucky um she was just so affectionate it was just amazing after all she'd been through and I put my hand on her body and it was just absolutely pure black with grease and oil so I couldn't wait to give her a bath and she was amazing in the bath it was the first time she'd ever had a bath so I was a little bit nervous of us wondering how she was going to react but she was absolutely amazing and um yeah i was very lucky to um to be a part of the story and get her cleaned up that was an amazing story now another yes. story <laughs> the amazing one which it happened to you and it's one of the first stories in your book and i don't recall the name of the cat off the top of my head but the cat okay. that bit you and your <laughs> arm blew up and I don't think people realize how dangerous cat bites can be and just to have caution. I mean, yes. Um, I mean, so a cat's um, mouth is just absolutely full of billions of bacteria and also their teeth are like needles. So when they do bite you, their bites penetrate much deeper than a dog bite. So nine times out of 10, because their teeth are going to penetrate right through that muscle, um, your hand is going to, or wherever they bite you is going to become infected. Um, so you have to really, the first 24, hours are crucial so if your hand wherever they bite you just blows up in those 24 hours then that means that an infection has taken hold um, but it was my own fault there was a few things that I did wrong should never have bathed the cat yeah I just decided to bath the cat because the cat had quite dirty fur but the cat was already getting a bit grumpy during the groom so really I should have put a stop to the groom then and there and then when I was bathing the cat there was a few things I did wrong uh, lapse of concentration um, sometimes when the cat is a bit bit feisty I put an Elizabethan collar on do you know what that is what is it called 
an Elizabethan collar. It's like a vet oh, collar. Oh, yes, yes. The, yeah. Like the collars, um, so that it's like a cone collar in a yes, sense that yeah. when an animal has surgery, so they don't lick the stitches yes, and yeah. shoot. Yeah. yeah. So I use an Elizabethan collar rather than a face muzzle so that the cat can see what I'm doing and where my hands are being placed on its body. So it's a lot better than, than a muzzle where you can't monitor the breathing and the cat really panics when it has a muzzle over its head. So um, occasionally I will put a muzzle on just to calm the cat down if I know if I'm working near the cat's mouth and the cat might bite me. But because um, after a while the cat was um, reacting to the Elizabethan collar, I took the collar off and that's when the cat bit me. So it was just lapses of concentration and everything I did was wrong on that groom. So it wasn't the cat's fault. It was totally my fault. <laughs> I take full responsibility. Well, the fact that you take taking responsibility. I mean, this wasn't just a bite and that's it. Your arm swelled up. Was it arm or hand? Hand? Yeah, so basically um, the cat bit me and the teeth just met in the middle of my hand. So it was it was quite a bad bite. And that was mainly because the cat was really fearful of the bath and the bath went on for, just went on for too long. So there was lots of things that I did wrong on that groom um, that I would never do again. So it was a real learning experience for me. It was right when I first started grooming. So the cat was a really good teacher for me and I would not... Yeah, so I learned from that. So um, within 24 hours, my hand had, um, had blown up like a melon. And then when I went to the hospital just expecting them to give me some antibiotics or to wash the wound out they wanted to operate immediately because they could see that um, the infection had already started traveling up my arm and um, that infection if it travels right up your arm it could just go into your heart and be fatal so um, I didn't realize just how serious it was until the surgeon came down saw my hand and said they wanted to um, operate immediately and then I was in for a week and it was two operations and out of work for six weeks Okay, for everyone listening, take <laughs> heed because you do not want to get bitten by a cat. And you're, you know, behaviorist, there's a lot of us that are pet parents to cats that we think it's cute to let them lick our fingers or to let them, you know, playful bite. But if they decide they're angry that day and they playful bite and then they chomp down, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, but I think um, I think when they're playing, you're not really going to get a bite that that's ferocious. So obviously, the cat was very frightened of the bath, and because when I was speaking to um, a vet friend of mine, he had no sympathy for me whatsoever, and I agreed with him when he said to me that anybody that really gets bitten by an animal, you have to think about what have you done to to cause that animal to bite you. So he had no sympathy for me. He was on the cat side, and actually, I'm on the cat side as well. So um, I learned from it. I thank. Kitty for teaching me a very valuable lesson to always listen to the cat. Okay, so I'll change it for everyone <laughs> listening out there. <laughs> make sure you listen to your cat. Well, yes. you know, I know, for instance, Molly's very vocal. She's our youngest one. She just is about a year, a little over a year old. And she'll, if she's annoyed, she'll swat. She'll be like, leave me alone, you know. And you can read the signals. You They, they yes. give you a lot of good signals when they don't want to be bothered. So just got to take heed on that. Yeah, I mean, it's a thin line when you're grooming as well, because cats are also very clever and they learn, they learn very quickly that by using aggression, they get a desired response that they want. So sometimes a cat on my, so there's lots of, it's very complex really, but there can be a cat that's showing aggression because it's very fearful of, of the groomer, but there also can be a cat that's showing aggression because it's learned to use aggression to make you stop. So if the owner knows what they're doing and um, the owner's using the correct tools and they know that they're not hurting their cat, then really 
the, the owner can do five minutes with the cat grumbling a bit because the cat needs to learn that the owner's not going to stop. They're not hurting the cat. They're not doing anything wrong, but they can stop after five minutes when the owner decides. So there's lots of, it's quite complex. It's not just um, so straightforward with cats and grooming, if you understand that. Yeah. That's good information. And this is something that I think a lot of pet parents do, and it's trim nails. But you mentioned, you know, I've always heard use nail clippers. And reading your book, I've learned that it's better to use cat nail clippers. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's a common groom for most owners unless you, you know, take them to get groomed. They're not as, they don't seem to be as fussy about it as dogs. Why a cat nail clipper and how does, what does that look like? Any different and where do you find those? Yeah, I mean, you can use human clippers, really. Um, but if you just go online and punch in the, the nails clippers, there's the guillotine type and there's like scissor-like type. So I think it's a personal preference, really. But I would like to say that with groomers, the main re- reason that groomers trim the nails, not so much that the nails need doing, they trim them for protection so that they don't get scratched. So that's one of the, um, the main reasons why groomers do the nails, because cats can, can look after their nails themselves at home with scratch posts and in the UK a lot of cats go outside so they need their nails for defense so many times on grooms I'm not even trimming the nails I just protect myself and just leave the nails alone because they need them and they can look after them themselves unless they're elderly so I love hearing that because I hate to do nails (laughs) I love hearing that I mean I always check and make sure that you know the cats in the studio have an outdoor patio that they can go into but they're yeah. not out there in, you know, loose in the wild. And I know that there's different schools of thought between U.S. and U.K., but yes. um, I, I'll check every so often, make sure that, you know, nails aren't going into, you know, too far where it's going to be painful for them or so forth. But... Um, this is well, yeah, because so when they're elderly, when they're elderly, the nails get quite thick, and the the cat's not so active. So the nails will keep growing and then bend over, going to the paw pads. So it's really important the elderly cat's nails are checked. But the reason why most groomers start off trimming the nails is because really they're just protecting themselves so that they're not scratched. All right, let's talk a little about your book. What was your thought going into writing the book? And especially the way you did it, it isn't just information on, you know, each cat, but you also have tips on what you've learned or, you know, how to deal with if this happens, you give a lot of websites for information. Yeah. What made you decide to do the book, create the book this way, which I think is very smart. Okay, so uh, first of all, because after each groom, I write lots of notes about the cat and about the client so that when I'm called again, I just look up um, my notes on how the cat behaved on the groom, the do's and the don'ts, so that I know how to work with the cat when I go back. And I just thought some of the stories were quite funny and that um, I started to gather quite some great cat characters. So I just started to think, wouldn't it be great, because I've already got um, a lot of notes on the cats, wouldn't it be great to put this in a book? And then I just because I'm all about educating the clients as well, I just thought that the mog tips would be really good. So try and connect the mog tips with each story. It's just all about education. And I'm, I'm not just about keeping all the information myself. I really want to educate clients because they have to work with the cat in between me visiting them. I really want them to start caring for the cat's coat themselves so that I don't always have to go back and the cat is matted so yeah it's just about educating people and giving a cat the best possible life um, educating on toys and all kinds of things 
behavior, toys, health. It's a lot of great information, a lot of great information on different websites and so forth. Anita, you mentioned holistic grooming, and I hadn't heard that term before reading your book. And, And you also mentioned the alliance in the U.S., How can we go if someone says, you know, I want to try that, I want to do that, I think it'll be a better experience for my cat and for me. How would they find out more? The website, I think, is just called holisticgroomingalliance.com and it's a wealth of information and it basically also lists all the holistic groomers that work all around the US in every state. So when I say holistic groomers, the groomers work, they believe in um, a force-free environment. So holistic groomers never work, um, they never scruff any cats, they never work with face muzzles or the big um, head muzzles or anything like that. So they're all about trying to find a nice, happy balance with the cat and having lots of empathy with the cat and creating a nice positive experience so basically force-free grooming and I think they deserve a massive shout out because in the UK we have nothing like that and um, I think they're an absolutely amazing group of people and it's run by Cheryl Wood and Stacey Ward. That is great information and who knows everyone listening all the fans of Catitude maybe they'll be on a show sometime soon I think they should yeah that would be great information for us and where can people find out more about you Anita Okay, so my website is www.catbehaviorist.com and it has an absolutely wealth of information on there because I run a blog on there as well. And my book clause can be bought on Amazon, UK and Amazon.com. And also um, I have an Etsy site, which is The Cat Bookshop. So that's Etsy.com slash The Cat Bookshop. I think actually it's Cat Bookshop, not The. And, um, and I sell personalized signed copies of clause um, via that too. Okay, and everyone listening will have those links. If you go to PetLifeRadio.com, go to Catitude. And for this episode, those links will be there for Cat Behaviorist website and also the bookshop and website as well. Anita, it's been so wonderful having you on Catitude. It's just been such a pleasure and it's been so informative. Thank you so much for coming on Catitude. Thank you so much for having me. What a great show. It was so much fun to talk to Anita and what great information. Her book, Claws, is fabulous. It's full of great stories and a lot of great mog advice. I think we start calling our cats mogs too over here in the U.S., right? Although we're heard all over. And again, everyone listening, if you go to Pet Life Radio, Catitude, and go to this episode, there'll be links to Anita's site as well as to the Holistic Cat Groomer site for the U.S. So you can find a Holistic Groomer. Keep listening. We have so many great things coming up on Catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.